Are you tired of struggling to understand the themes and characters in classic works of literature? Well, I've got you covered. Welcome to Read It and Don't Weep, the podcast that will help you breeze through your high school literature classes. I am your host, Jackie Taggart, and I have taught high school English for almost 20 years. Join me each episode as I dive into the world of classic literature and break down the essential elements of each work. From Shakespeare to Steinbeck, I'll cover it all. My goal is to give you valuable insight and analysis on some of the most popular high school literary texts, as well as tips and tricks for acing your tests and essays. Let's start reading! Welcome back! In this episode, we are going to discuss Act 1, Scenes 3 and 4. If you have not read up to this point in the play, you may want to go back and read up to this point and listen to my previous episodes before continuing. Alright, so Act 1, Scene 3 takes place in the Capulet's home, and the audience sees Lady Capulet asking the nurse, Where's Juliet? Where is she? Can somebody find her for me? So the nurse calls for Juliet. Once Juliet is there, Lady Capulet requests, Juliet, let me talk to you alone for a minute. At first, Lady Capulet wants to talk to Juliet alone, but she knows Juliet will tell the nurse everything, so she tells the nurse to stay. Lady Capulet and the nurse start discussing Juliet's age. And Lady Capulet says, She's about two weeks shy of her 14th birthday. At this point, the nurse goes off on a long speech called a monologue. A monologue is a long speech by a single character expressing their thoughts out loud. Other characters may be present, but they do not speak. Do not confuse this with a soliloquy, which is a speech by one character on stage alone, expressing their innermost thoughts to the audience. Kind of like thinking out loud. We'll talk more about soliloquies later in the play. Back to the monologue. Now, the nurse and Lady Capulet are as opposite as opposites can be. Think of Lady Capulet as very prim, what a proper Lady of Verona would be. And the nurse is not. She is bold, she is brash, She says whatever she wants, whatever comes to her mind at the time. The nurse's monologue is about Juliet's childhood. She's going on. Oh my gosh, I remember baby Juliet. She was so cute. She had the same birthday as my Susan. God rest her soul, because Susan has passed away in childhood. We don't hear how Susan passed away, just that the two are of the same age and the nurse was caring for her daughter and Juliet. The nurse continues to ramble on and on and on about baby Juliet and all of her memories, and then she talks about her husband, God rest his soul, because he is also deceased. She talks about the one time when Juliet was learning how to walk, and she fell, smashing her face on the floor. The purpose of this monologue is to show that the nurse has been with Juliet since her birth, 
and the two share a bond that is arguably closer than Juliet's relationship with her own mother, Lady Capulet. Lady Capulet tries to get a word in, but the nurse just continues on and on. Juliet is embarrassed by the nurse's ramblings, which makes sense. How do you feel when your parents or grandparents start reminiscing about silly things you did when you were a baby? But the nurse doesn't listen and goes on and on saying, Oh, I just hope to live to see the day when my little Juliet gets married. Lady Capulet jumps in. Oh, finally, the topic I wanted to talk about. She turns to Juliet and says, Juliet, what do you think of getting married? Juliet looks at her mother and basically says, Yeah, no, I don't think so. Never dreamed of being married. Really don't want to be married. So, next topic. Go on. Lady Capulet is a bit taken back and says, Um, you might want to think about that because there are a lot of girls your age who are already married. And Paris? We see him down in Center Square. He's asking for your hand in marriage. Juliet thinks about this, and the nurse jumps back in. <gasps> oh my gosh, Paris has asked to marry you. <gasps> oh, what a man of wax, which really means, what a hunk, really great looking guy. Oh, he's a catch. The nurse and Lady Capulet both go on. Oh, he's the best looking flower that ever bloomed in the summer. He's so good looking, he's awesome, he's hot, he'd make a great husband, he's so sweet, he's good on the inside as well as the outside. Come on, Juliet, what isn't there to like? Let's just get married. So Lady Capulet begins telling Juliet, Paris is going to be at the party tonight, so go have some fun. Meet him, see if you could see yourself falling in love with him and getting married. Wait until you see how gorgeous he is. His eyes, his face. Oh, he's so good on the inside, too. Oddly enough, he's just as good looking as a book because isn't that what every girl dreams of? A man who looks like a book? Think about that for a minute. Lady Capulet just compared Paris to a book. What the heck does that mean? Well, it's a metaphor. Paris is a book that just needs a cover, or a wife, to make a complete story. Probably not a comparison we would make today, but Shakespeare's audiences would have understood the comparison. Lady Capulet ends her monologue asking Juliet, Do you think you can love him? Juliet is very respectful, and she's very obedient to her mother. She is actually very well spoken here and says, All right, mother. Here's the deal. I'll meet him, and we'll see how it goes. If I like him, I'll let you know. But I'm not going to do anything too rash. Very mature girl of almost 14. The nurse is already celebrating. Go, girl! Seek happy nights to happy days. And that's the end of Act 1, Scene 3. At this point, let's pause for a moment. What's your overall impression of the nurse? Jot down your thoughts in your reading journal so you can come back to your initial ideas as you continue reading. Hey teachers! 
Hunting for some top-notch resources to go along with this podcast episode? You'll find them right in my store. A quick click on the link in the show notes gets you right there. What awaits? A stash of guided notes, note-taking aids, and assessments to use with your students. Go ahead, make the most of these resources today. Scene 4 takes place outside of the Capulet's house. We see Romeo coming in with Benvolio. However, he's also joined by another good buddy, Mercutio. So, important details to note. First, Benvolio is the peacekeeper of the group. Remember back to Act 1, Scene 1, when he was trying to break up the servants' fight? Benvolio tries to keep everyone out of trouble. Mercutio is a bit of a wild child. He likes to have fun, he likes to enjoy himself, and that's what he's trying to get Romeo to do at this point. So Romeo starts out by saying, Okay, should we announce ourselves? Should we let them know that we're here, that we're going to be attending the party? Should we apologize for intruding? Because, hey, we are Montagues, and we're really not supposed to be here. So is there some way that we should announce ourselves? Benvolio says no. If they want to judge us, then let them. We're going to meet some ladies, dance with them, and have a good time. It's not that big of a deal. So Romeo, who is still miserable, says, You know what, guys? I'm going to go with you, but I'm just going to carry the torch. I don't really want to dance. I don't really want to party. I don't really want to do anything. So I'll be the light holder. You guys have fun. That's when Mercutio jumps in and says, No way, come on. You have to dance and have some fun with us. Romeo responds, You know, my dancing shoes are filled with lead. I'm so sad. I can't move. I just can't dance when I'm this miserable. Quick note about Romeo and Mercutio. Just like the nurse and Lady Capulet, they are opposites. Mercutio is all about having fun. If one lady doesn't want to come hang out with me, I'm going to go hang out with another lady. No big deal. Romeo is still just heartbroken over the fact that Rosaline doesn't even know he exists. So he just pines for her. Despite all of his sadness, he still jokes around with Mercutio. Romeo tells Mercutio, I'm sad and it's powerless to fight my feelings. Mercutio replies, If love's rough, well, then just be rough with love. If you think you're getting beat up by love, just beat it up right back. No big deal. Mercutio is trying to get Romeo out of his depression by joking around with him here. He keeps saying, Romeo, you're bringing the mood down. This really stinks. You're such a downer. You have to knock it off. We need to make it a little bit more fun. Mercutio and Benvolio put their masks on for the party because they need to hide their identities. Romeo just continues to say that he will just hold the torch. He's just too sad to have fun. At this point, Mercutio is starting to get a little annoyed with Romeo, and he calls him a stick in the mud, which means he's dull. 
He's unadventurous. He's being a bore. And he needs to knock it off now. So, come on. We're wasting time hanging out here, talking about boring stuff. Romeo says, Actually, I had a dream. And fate is telling me not to go. But I'm going to ignore what fate's telling me and go anyway. Because I really think I have to go. Something's telling me I need to go. But something's also telling me I should not go. This reflects the theme of star-crossed lovers we discussed when we read the prologue. His dreams are telling him not to go. But fate, a power beyond his control, is pulling Romeo to the party. This sets Mercutio up for his Queen Mab monologue, which is one of Shakespeare's most famous speeches. Queen Mab is a fairy from English folklore. She's supposed to be really teeny tiny and rides in a chariot made from a hazelnut shell and floats in and out of your dreams making mischief. She makes you dream of whatever it is that you desire. She makes lawyers dream of money, ladies dream of kisses, courtiers dream of making money, priests dream of large donations to the church, soldiers dream of slitting their enemies' throats, but then they wake up and say some prayers and go back to sleep. A little dark, but this gives the audience insight into Mercutio's character. So Queen Mab is floating in and out of Romeo's dreams, making him desire Rosaline. But it's not really true. Just because you're dreaming of it doesn't mean you should or shouldn't have it. It's just something you desire. And in this case, Romeo wants or desires Rosaline. The whole point of the speech is that Mercutio thinks that Romeo is being ridiculous. He is mocking Romeo for being a romantic fool. Ultimately, quit all this lovesick crazy talk about this girl and get over it. This monologue also emphasizes the differences between Romeo and Mercutio. While Romeo is a romantic who believes in fate and dreams, Mercutio is more skeptical, sarcastic, and grounded. What do these differences tell the audience about each of their personalities? How might their different ways of seeing the world affect what happens later in the story? Take a few minutes and jot down your responses to these questions in your reading journal so you can come back to your ideas as you continue reading. As the scene ends, Romeo yet again expresses that he still feels something in his gut telling him not to go to the party. He says, I fear too early, for my mind misgives, some consequent yet hanging in the stars, shall bitterly begin his fearful date with this night's reveal and expire the term of a despised life closed in my breast by some vile forfeit of untimely death. In other words, I have a really bad feeling that something's going to happen tonight. I'm worried that I might make a mistake tonight that leads to my early death. This is foreshadowing his death at the end of the play and shows how fate is steering him on his path despite his gut telling him otherwise, referring back to star-crossed or destined to fail. Despite these concerns, Romeo decides to attend the party anyway. 
And that is where we end Act 1, Scene 4. Tune into the next episode where I will discuss Act 1, Scene 5. Thanks for listening to this episode of Read It and Don't Weep. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you will be notified when new episodes are released. If you liked today's show, please leave a review so others can discover my show. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, drop me an email at readitanddon'tweep at gmail.com or reach out to me on social media. I would love to hear from you. The links are in the show notes. Happy reading.